So, Bridget, do you want to go down a list here with uh, starting with the Bergeron speculation and just question about rehabbing potentially a little bit differently as we go down some of these these questions? Yes. So um, we had a question about Bergeron's injury, um, which he told us at the end of the season, he has a herniated disc. And the question is, will Bergeron need surgery for the herniated disc? He said immediately, he said, no, he does not need surgery. Um, and then looking further into what potentially recovery looks like for a herniated disc, it, it kind of depends on how severely it's out of place. So um, when you look through whether or not someone needs surgery, it's basically says you, you only need the surgery if it's prohibiting you from doing certain things um, like standing and walking. <laughs> uh, we're pretty sure that it's not prohibiting him from doing that because he was playing hockey. Um, so rest is really what's prescribed for that unless for some reason over time you really don't feel the pain going away or all of a sudden you do start having issues with weakness um ner pinched nerves standing and walking um that kind of thing yeah i don't i don't i don't think bergeron's uh i think if he was able to play playoff hockey then it's not too debilitating um yeah. because back injuries are one thing that like you don't mess with if there's any chance that it's more serious or gonna gonna get more serious. So yeah, I assume rest will be fine uh, for that, which, you know, that that's actually like different than Bergeron's summer last year when he didn't need surgery on his elbow. Mm -hmm. So um, that is like one last thing, one less thing for him to, to deal with as he kind of weighs, you know, pros and cons of potentially, returning um obviously he's, he's really disappointed but he didn't suffer any injuries that were serious enough to require a surgery that potentially includes you know like a long rehab like obviously what we saw Tugaras go through right where it was like it's significant was going to significantly affect his following season and for a time you know he wasn't even sure if he was going to come back the Bruins weren't sure if he was going to come back like at least Bergeron's not dealing with anything like that because I think something like that would probably push him towards retirement. If it was like, yeah. Hey, like you might not be back till three months into next season and you might not be yourself. And like, you might not even be able to play through it like that. I don't think he'd really be in a spot to like want to do that, but um, this isn't that like, this should mm -hmm. be fine. Yeah. Basically it says rest and physical therapy are, cure most herniated discs except for the extreme cases and um like we mentioned you would know if it was an extreme case because he wouldn't probably be able to really even walk never mind skate uh and play professional hockey so um we think that surgery based on what Bergeron said himself is not going to happen so that answers that question let me pull up the next one um well, part this two one, of that, yeah. Part two of it. Yeah. Sh uh, should the Bruins have treated the injuries and recovery the same way they did in the regular season as in the playoffs? Because um, in the in the regular season, it seemed like a lot of care was taken to getting guys even more rest than maybe they needed. When you think back to the Jake DeBrusque 
injury at the Winter Classic. He was kept out of the lineup for longer than originally planned. Um, when you think back to the recovery of all the guys coming back from surgery in the beginning of the year, they had cleared a lot of these checkpoints. Some of them did come back a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, Grizzly, McAvoy, uh, Marshawn, Bergeron all coming back early in the season. And it's it seemed like care more care was taken to make sure all the boxes were checked during the regular season when guys were coming back. Do you think that maybe slipped in the playoffs? I heard Jim Montgomery mention the term checking boxes quite a bit in the, in the postseason. So I think they still have boxes to check. I think it just depends on the injury and, and the severity of it. And if you're talking about something that has a, a specific timeline for, for rehab, like a broken hand or finger or limb or foot, whatever, then that's different. But when you're discussing something like pain tolerance, as it seems was the case with Bergeron's herniated disc, I think there's a little bit more subjectivity, I think, in – when that player comes back. And I definitely think that there's still a protocol in place and, and they want to, the Bruins want to ensure that, that they're not putting their players in a vulnerable state when they go out there, they have to be healthy enough to a point, but it just depends on the situation, right? Are you down in a series? Are you, is, is it, like I said, is it more of a pain tolerance type injury? I think there are certain injuries where it's clean cut. Like you're going to be out this amount of time and that's it. No matter what the circumstances are in Bergeron's case, Jim Montgomery mentioned it. He called Bergeron after the, after game three and said, if we win game four, are you, are you good to go? And, and Bergeron's or, or something like that. And Bergeron said, told, told him I'm playing in game five. So I don't know. I, I think, I think in the playoffs, there's where if that's a regular season, probably he's probably not rushing back to the lineup unless it's Montreal. Yeah. yeah I think just, hockey culture and tradition in general is like, no, you, you don't get as much rest in the playoffs. You don't wait until regular season. Yeah. You might wait. They might say rest up until you're 95% playoffs. Hey, if you're 70% and you can go out, you, you play. Now I do think like there's larger discussions kind of going on about should that change? Like should team, because players are always going to want to return as soon as, as soon as they can step on the ice and skate and shoot and take a hit, they want to be back out there and they're going to say that they're ready to go. I do think there's like a larger discussion kind of going on around the sport a little bit about like, is that really what's bad? Like, is it really best to bring a guy back at 70, 75% and he potentially, you know, might actually hurt your team if he can't perform the way that he usually performs. Like, I think that's an interesting discussion and I don't know. I don't know what the cutoff would be as far as like, okay, if he, it obviously depends on the player, right? Like if it's a superstar and you're getting 75%, that's probably still better than the 13th forward you would throw in. If it's a third or fourth liner, maybe, you know, you keep him out if he's going to not be as effective. Um, I think the interesting one is if it's your goalie, because it's, like with the yeah. Bruins situation, you have a goalie that would have been perfect to put in, but in a lot on a lot of teams, you're talking about a goalie that's not seen a lot of time. And, you know, you may or may not trust how this backup could do in the playoffs. So I, I find that the most interesting how, because it is pretty clear. Allmark wasn't a hundred percent. 
that was a big one <laughs> for how they handled that uh, being mishandled. And uh, other teams, it would make sense to not take him out if he was your main guy the whole season and you didn't trust the backup. But Right. And like they went through that with Tugarask two years ago, too. So it's again, like it's all kind of part of these easy second guesses and reevaluations that you do after the fact. And, you know, of course we know Hampus Lindholm wasn't himself in the series and you want, you know, if, if they had known he had a broken foot, would that have changed their calculations there? Would he, you know, could you potentially have seen Lindholm out of the lineup if, Hey, by game four or five, he's still struggling or at least maybe his minutes get reduced or something because, Again, I know like like coaches will say, hey, we trust players, we have open communication, blah, blah, blah. But I just think in the Stanley Cup playoffs, like Hampus Lindholm's not going to go to Jim Montgomery or John Gruden or whoever and be like, my foot really hurts. Like, I, I might only be able to give us 15 minutes tonight. Like, Hampus Lindholm's not going to say that. He's going to push through and try to play 25. So, um, that's this stuff is like all these are all like the tough decisions that teams have to make this time of year. And when you lose and when you see Lindholm, not himself and Allmark not himself and Bergeron comes back and they lose three straight and he's a minus four or minus five or whatever, like they become really easy second guesses about, you know, was it really best for those guys to be out there at clearly, you know, something pretty far below a hundred percent. Are we ready for the next question? Yeah, on the, on the future. I, I was gonna I was gonna go yes into the future, but the second one because okay we can come back to the other one later. Um, but just because we don't have too much time left, I'm gonna skip to the one. Uh, if Krejci and Bergeron retire, is the Bruins' biggest need centers again? Well, it's certainly gonna be number one center. You would have to imagine. I mean. I think that the Bruins have two priorities. Number one would be creating cap space. And you're going to have to do that by allowing a lot of free agents to walk and integrate some internal options in your bottom six and most likely your bottom uh, three forwards. From there, I mean, look, no, if Dmitry Orloff walks, you still have McAvoy. You still have Grizzlick, assuming he's not traded or anything like that. You still have Carlo and Lindholm. Like you still, you you still have a very, 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 very good top four defense. And up front, yeah, you 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 your biggest need outside the organization most likely would have to be at least at least your number one center. Now the addition of Pavel Zaka and signing him for a four year extension, he's he's going to be a very very uh, adequate number two number two center in my opinion. And and could definitely play number one center minutes if asked along the way. But, and I think as we've seen with the Florida Panthers this year, clearly you don't need to have a stereotypical Stanley cup roster to go on a Stanley cup run. Although I do think Florida's roster is better than what most people give it credit for, but what you do need, you do need a legitimate number one center. I mean, they do have Alex Barkov. So I think if if Bergeron and Krejci walk, the Bruins got to ask themselves an honest question, which is, do you want to contend? Do you want, do you still view yourself as somebody who can compete at the highest level in the deepest parts of the spring? Because we know ownership wants that regardless, but they got, they got to figure that part out. And once they figure that out, then yes, if that's, if the answer is yes, and you got to figure out who your number one center is. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, it also depends on like 
what what's even out there like here i've said this before but like one of my developing takes is if Bergeron and Krejci both retire and there's going to be a little bit of a step back, almost no matter what, I'm okay with not like trying to force a move for a number one center this off season. Like I'm not going to all out where it's like, well, I just need to do whatever it takes. Even if I get absolutely hosed in a trade and have to give up multiple firsts and like beyond what we've already given up, like, I don't feel the need to to do that and totally rush into it. Like I would be okay with, yeah, lining up on paper, you know, your centers being Zaka, Coyle, say Frederick, and, you know, maybe Mark McLaughlin as like the fourth line center. Like that doesn't look great. That kind of feels like, you know, a few guys playing one line above where they should be, but I'm okay kind of just riding that out and like seeing how the season goes, reevaluating at the trade deadline, you know, seeing where Georgie Merkulov is, seeing what Matthew Poitra does next season, like try to get like a better idea for how close those guys are to potentially contributing in like a second or third line center role and just get a better feel for like where you are. Like that, there could be options for them to get a number one center this off season. Um, Elias Lindholm up in Calgary is in, Going into the last year of his deal, Calgary has a new GM. They missed the playoffs this year. No one's really sure yet of like what their approach is going to be or what they're thinking, but he could be one. There's been plenty of rumors that Winnipeg is going to blow things up. They have Pierre-Luc Dubois as a restricted free agent. Mark Shifley with one year left. I don't know how much I love either of those guys because neither one plays defense, and I think there's been like a cultural problem in Winnipeg that would sort of worry me, worry me a little bit about getting anyone off that team. But I, I do really like Pierre-Luc Dubois as a player. Like I think he's talented. He's 24, I think still. So, um, you know, like if there's like a deal that makes sense for one of those guys, then sure, you know, go make it. Like, I, I think those are good players that are worth targeting, but if the ask is crazy, like I'm not going not going totally overboard because I don't think while I like those guys, like I don't think any of them, you know, immediately get you back to Stanley cup contender or anything like that. So plus that adds to your, your cap. Right. That, they're all guys who need Bergeron and Krejci who together hit, had like a cap hit of like three and a half million together. Yeah. Two people I mean, with someone who's going to take a lot more than that, which is never going to happen. Like if, if you, want to have a number one center it's not going to be for a million and a half or three no, million dollars so. i'm just saying like the yeah the cap situation the but, way it is right but it is accurate to, like it is good to point out like all those guys would be in need of a new contract you're not trading for elias lindholm for one year you're mm-hmm. presumably trying to re-sign him to an extension um dubois like i said an rfa who needs a new contract so uh yeah those those guys are going to get paid so that adds another dynamic of like now you have to clear out even more money. So, and then you make your team weaker somewhere else. And, you know, you don't want to make a move that makes not only makes your team weaker somewhere else right now, but also takes away from what you're trying to build along the way um, over the next few years. So yeah, Scott, that, that I think makes a lot of sense that I wouldn't be in a rush either. Um, If the right guy's not out there for the right number. And it, it is true. Those guys would all be pretty much playing, a line ahead of where they should be. I really like Pavel Zaka. I think 
him and Pasta, assuming those two get kept together, uh, that probably ends up being your first line if Bergeron's gone. Uh, whatever line Pasta knocks on really is going to be your first line if Bergeron and Krejci are gone, I think. So um, Zaka, I, I, I trust. I think moving Coyle up and Frederick up, it, say he's going to be, you know, their number three center called their number two center or what have you. Yeah. Those guys are playing potentially a little bit um, above where they maybe naturally would be able to, but you never know. Coyle had a, had a good season um, and he's getting paid like a number two center. So can he step it up? You, that's what the Bruins were hoping when they brought him in. Right. So um, remains to be seen about those guys, but when you think a little bit down the line as well, I think, yes, center is a huge need in terms of depth because we talked about some of the guys with Mark Diver that could come up at center. Um, Merkulov and McLaughlin, two that stand out. Beecher, someone that he said was maybe a little bit further away um, than those two. Those aren't, those aren't solutions to really help them right now uh, in terms of filling one of those spots at center. So um, I guess, yes, center is still a big problem at depth. Part of the conversation we had with Mark as well is that defense in the Providence system and in the prospect pool is also somewhere that they need to add. So if we're talking about drafting, uh, who do they need to draft? Is it a center? Is it a defenseman? Might be a defenseman uh, based on what it sounds like. I would honestly, I, I would probably still take some swings at center. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't think that you mentioned. If you get that, a first round pick back, what do you do with it? I'm going. I'm probably going center. Um, but but that's just me. I mean, look, you mentioned that Mark said that those guys are years away, but he but and Patra could could surprise us, right? Merkulov could surprise us, but I don't think either of those guys, even long term when they get to Boston, they're not, they're not a number one center solution. So the Bruins number one center of the future, either a isn't in the system yet, which means he, he's yet to be drafted or B they're yet to you know trade for somebody or get somebody via free agency. So, and I'm not saying that that has to happen this year, but I don't think that their number one center of the future is currently in the system. And so if that's the case, I still think that your top priority at the draft should be center. Um, because I, you look at the blue line, you have Lindholm and McAvoy, you have you have uh, Carlo, who's in his prime. You have Mason Lorai, who's pro- very promising top four defenseman. I think they're fine on defense. I really do, as it pertains to draft priority. But I'd say going into next year, I mean, look, we yes, like it's not ideal to have Connor Carrick as the second promising defenseman on, the, on Providence, of course. But like, I just think that the Bruins have enough ready defenseman right now in the pro in the NHL level, whereas the, they don't have that. You can't say the same for center if Erzron and Krejci leave. So I think that has to still be your priority. But I think for the Bruins next year, as it pertains to next year's priorities, if, if those two walk, Zaka uh, and like ownership is not going to – I'm so devastated from how this season ended. Personally, I'm, I'm good for taking a, a year off of cup hopes. Like I kind of want – like a stress-free, expectation-free, just develop some players and, and, and talk to me again <laughs> next year. But the difference is the Bruins ownership doesn't feel that way. And because they don't have the the, the money 
And if they and if they were to make a trade, you guys mentioned they'd have to pay some. They'd have to pay those centers that they trade for. I think the most realistic pitch from from Neely and Sweeney to ownership is let us go into next year. Let's try to get to the deadline with center by committee with Zaka and Coyle and Frederick. We think we have enough pieces to still be a playoff team. And if maybe something presents itself around the deadline, maybe we'll try to upgrade. I think the Bruins and, and Cam Neely's comments in the end of season presser spoke a lot to me. There was, I, t- I put a lot of weight into those words when he's mentioned that he thinks the game three lineup in Florida could be very, very similar to what the Bruins put out next year. If Bergeron and Krejci were to leave, that does not include getting a new number one center. That was Zaka Coyle Frederick. So I, I would be very surprised if the Bruins try to bring in a number one center uh, this summer. I think they're probably going to try to just go internal and see where the team is uh, next February. And, and if they don't see it, they'll, they'll play out the spring. If they think there's a chance that they could improve the team, they'll exhaust all options. But I think next October, you're probably going to look at a team like you saw in Florida without Bergeron and Krejci if those two retire. The problem with that statement from you said Sweeney said that um, nearly um, the problem with that statement is that a lot of the other guys that were playing in that game are now free agents, including your fourth line center, no sick. So, um, and you know, a lot of the guys around him. Yeah, uh, but, but I kind of, I kind of read that as him more. So you're, you're totally right about that. Of course. Bertuzzi, I kind of read between, yeah. kind of between the lines so that he was, referencing the top two center positions. I kind of think that's what he was mainly referring to and maybe Bertuzzi. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that was my question to him. And like, that was, that was like the impetus for it was Bergeron and Krejci and, you know, potentially like moving on from that. So uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think that was mostly him talking about the center position and, you know, yes, the roster overall, but, that was obviously the big, um, the big change would be at the center position. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the like draft and whatever, like first off, they got to get a pick to even you know have a chance to target like a top prospect because if your first pick isn't until the third round, then at that point you're really just taking swings and you're just taking the best player on the board. Maybe you're. You know, they might be looking for higher upside guys because they don't have those earlier picks. Um, if they were to get in back into the first round via trade, uh, not that I've done all my draft research yet, but my understanding is this is a forward-heavy first round, generally um, considered a little bit weaker in terms of first-round defensemen. So not to say that, like, you couldn't find a defenseman, but I, I think just naturally, like, what, what wherever you're picking, whether you're getting back into the middle of the first round or later first round, whatever, does seem like there'll probably be more options at forward and potentially some higher upside there, including centers. So, um, and you never want to. It's one thing like if all things are equal and you take, you know, a position of need. I think they kind of did that last year where their what their first three picks were all centers, um, but it's another to like reach for a position of need when there might be better options there. Like at generally, especially in hockey where you're not getting that immediate return. Like I prefer to just take the best player available and, you know, 
we would I would use the example of Johnny Beecher, who was generally considered a little bit of a reach, but he was the best center on their board. So they took him, even though he probably wasn't really a first round talent. Now that was like the last pick of the first round, so or very late first round. So you're not getting like true first round talent at that point, anyways. And and that wasn't a great draft at that point, honestly, but there were considered to be like more talented players like like Arthur Kaliev um, available at that point that the narrative was that the Bruins passed because they knew they needed a center. So they reached a little bit for Beecher. So I don't, you know, I don't love that approach, but yeah, if there's, if they get back into the first round and there's a center there, like absolutely. You, you definitely want to keep taking swings of that position because, you know, even if you have a bunch of center prospects, like, some of them are going to be able to move to the wing at some point. So uh, it's it's easier to do that than to go the other way and try to turn, you know, a winger into a center. I remember, what was it, last year when, like, Fabian Lysel played two games at center for the Vancouver Giants, and people were like, oh, are they going to turn him into a center? And it's like, uh, no, like that'd be, like, a major developmental change for him. Um, he's He's a wing. 